This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kuntz along with Cindy Jennings coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota. And I just want to uh, follow up with a question that was being asked. Mary, who is the only courageous person that was um, uh, calling in on the show, had uh, a follow-up question to her first question about um, the church that she went to, the Catholic Mass she went to down in the Twin Cities that seemed a little bit off to her. And she, I guess, I didn't hear this, but asked the question whether or not it would be considered a, a valid Mass because there are so many things that seem so kitty wampus or off kilter from a regular mass and i would say the only thing that would keep it from being valid is if they did not use like valid matter for the eucharist or if they changed the words of consecration it's pretty hard to to screw that up i mean it's not hard it's easy to screw it up but most priests wouldn't go there and if they went there they wouldn't be there for very long and so mary it was very likely a, a valid and a good mass in that validity department uh so that's what I'd say. But I'd still say take the shower in holy water afterwards. All right. So we are back on the air with a couple of guests in studio. We have the well-known Monica Hendrickson, who's been on the air with us many times for a different event that was happening last year. And then we have John Cole, who's a first time with us. John, we'll be nice to you. Thank you. Yes. I really would appreciate we that. We will not be yes. nice to Monica but, but yes. because she can handle her own. Right. So, um, so we are here. But first, before... Um, uh, before we talk about the event that we're talking about, John, just say a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is John Cole. I'm executive director of CHUM. Um, it's my second year um, in Duluth. Um, what's, ch- what's CHUM for people? Because we get listeners from Wyoming, South Dakota. Wow. Uh, so w- what is CHUM? Uh, CHUM is an organization of of congregations in the Duluth area, over 40 congregations, uh, interfaith and, and ecumenical, who have come together to respond to the needs of the community and, and providing homeless um, shelters and, and, and food banks and other um, services for persons who are experiencing poverty and homelessness. And so CHUM is an acronym, right? Uh, it started that way, but it no longer is that. But, but Churches but United in Ministry. Churches United in Ministry was, was one of our early uh, gotcha. versions of that. Okay. Then moved to congregations, uh, but actually started as a churches um, in, in the hillside community. Okay, all right. Uh, yeah. So, How long have you been an executive director for? Uh, I'm two, beginning three. to start my third, third year. Just completed two years now. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, good. What do you think of Duluth? It's fantastic. The winters especially, right? They're oh, <laughs> long, long. <laughs> and tell them when, where you're from. Uh, I'm originally from the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can we do, like, trading spaces here? <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, and then we have we have Monica on um, uh, with us. Monica, mm-hmm. say a little bit about yourself. Yes. So, uh, Monica Hendrickson, and I have the privilege, I guess, of having Father Rich as my... Uh, weekly priest, um, get to listen to his homilies every week. But I'm also very involved in the community, do a lot of um, larger events, especially for kind of those emergency housing and or shelter projects that are needed. I want I want you to talk a little bit more about your privilege of being here with Father Rich. Well, no. Okay. no. <laughs> We're done with that now. Mm-hmm. Now. So, no, but I've been involved with the Rhubarb Festival for almost 10 years and back when we were down on um on London Road and we were at First Lutheran Church and now we have moved it up 
over to Stella Mars Academy, Holy Rosary Campus. So what is the Rhubarb Festival? Oh, well, it started um, how many years ago? Fif- 15. 15 years ago. Um, many people that have lived in Duluth know Steve O'Neill. Um, he started the Rhubarb Festival based off of, oh, I just I wonder what we can do with this kind of so-called fruit and vegetable that's just growing like a weed, um, and how could it help end homelessness and or hunger? And so it started out as just a, a really small church bake sale, and now it's grown into a massive bake sale um, and family event. So it's it's a great, great time. Um, Stella Mars Academy is a great location for it. So much fun for the kids to just and be able to run around. We've done that a couple years now, right? This is the second year, yep, because okay. we, were, we were off covid of course <laughs> and then when we came back um full-time we moved it to stella mars just it's it's a larger location easier for people to kind of get around and get away from the congestion of downtown so john is this the biggest event is this like the biggest fundraiser the rumor i think that's in the, the duluth area it might be the most familiar it is certainly very popular within the duluth area and uh, everywhere i go people are asking when are you doing the pies um, when when is rhubarb <laughs> festival coming up and and um, I have never tasted rhubarb before coming to Duluth, no. uh, and so it was quite an eye opener. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make some strawberries with it. Yeah, being immersed in rhubarb culture. Yes. Yes. No. No. yes. So, um, so what does it look like? I mean, if somebody has never been to the rhubarb festival. When they go there, what what's that going to look like? Yeah, so you know, as soon as they arrive, it's it's full on festival fair. So it's we have rhubarb brats, we have oh, wow. <laughs> which are actually really good, um, and then we have a, we call it the outdoor coffee shop. So it's it's warmed you know, crisps and um, different treats. We even have gluten-free items for people. But it's mostly about the pies. We sell whole pies, um, both rhubarb and strawberry rhubarb. And um, we do crisps and you name it. We have it for sale in the bake sale. Last year, we sold out within two hours almost. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so this year, we have partnered with NERC, um, Northeast Regional Corrections, and they are baking 1,000 pies for us. Ooh. So how many have you had in the past? 1,000, that seems a lot. Yeah, we've had, the, the most pies we've ever had were about, it was about 1,100, and this year we'll have between fourteen to 1,600 pies. So have you seen, John, have you seen a, a big jump from when you guys were down on London Road or with First Lutheran up to Fourth Street now? Is, is there more people? Oh, is, that, yeah. is that why you guys changed? There it, is basically? definitely so much, uh, so many more persons coming, um, and the demand for for pies just keep increasing mm-hmm. year after year. We needed more space. We needed to accommodate to have space to accommodate the kids. Uh, family was a bringing were bringing their children, and uh, we needed to provide activities for them. And so this was an absolute um, a godsend to have Stella Maris available uh, to 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 host this. And we are absolutely delighted to be there for that festival to have the festival there at Stella Maris Academy. So, so have you noticed actually families from the school being more involved since you moved? I know it's only going to be like the second year, but did you see that? Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I would say that more are involved. Um, this year, even more, more so um, now that Andrew Hilliker, our famous president of Stella Maris Academy, is, he, he's the same. It's He's only been here a couple years, John. Same as me. Yeah, yeah okay. so um, now that, you know, things are getting settled for him and, and families where, you know, all the 
campuses are kind of coming together, it's it's definitely bringing that sense of community back. But the Catholic churches have always been really involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so here at St. James, we are baking, I think, 200 pies and an enormous amount of other goodies. And so, so before NERC, if NERC was doing 1,000 this year, mm-hmm. before NERC... Where'd you bake all the uh, pies? Oh, <laughs> all every the single city. church. Every you would think I was going to say. Yes. So, so, but my but my question is, if Nurk's doing a thousand now, but you said mm-hmm. you all are going to have around twelve hundred or thirteen hundred, fourteen, 14 to, to sixteen. Okay, all right, all right. Okay. So we have um, First United Methodist, First Lutheran Church, and then here at St. James will be the big. They they have the biggest kitchens and the most volunteers based on past participation. So it'll be a lot of fun to get back in those kitchens. Last year we had Bishop Felton actually came and was making pies with us and um, trying to just get everyone involved. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. Um, but you know we're hoping to raise over a hundred thousand this year with oh, the wow. event. And well, do you guys stick to the same recipe? Does everybody yes. have the same guide? Because <laughs> yes, every that's the rule. I'd be throwing butter in it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a special recipe. <laughs> Throw butter in it right before you put the crust on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everyone go ahead, everyone has the same recipe. They have to use the same recipe, same process. Okay. Um, and then we have we have groups that just make the dough. And roll out the dough. Um, so it's it's it is a lot of fun, but it this year we're How taking on um, we bake for a whole week. Okay. Yeah, and some stuff will get kind of pre-done the week before, so it's all in stages. Um, but it's quite the undertaking to, to do the food portion of so, it. And so, John, where do you get the rhubarb? Is there like a rhubarb farm? I, I just think of people having it's their everywhere. own. everywhere. I know. It's, I, <laughs> it grows wild, I understand. So do and people, people, grow, people, but do people do have patches in their yards. And, and so that's and where you get it from we, most? Yes. Mm-hmm. We, we have harvesters who mm-hmm. um, are good enough to go around to people's yards and to harvest rhubarb. Um, I just spoke with someone who actually had gone down to the Twin Cities and harvested mm-hmm. rhubarb down south. Oh. Um, and to, to bring up to Duluth. Um, so oh. everywhere that um, has rhubarb, and, and we have a member of congregation who knows someone who has it, yeah. it's fair game. Mm-hmm. Is it true that rhubarb leaves are highly poisonous? Wait. Yes. Is it true? Sure. So what if you accidentally put like rhubarb leaf in some of your pie? That does not happen. Never, We're not going to kill anyone. Never, never happened, no. <laughs> but, 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 but let's say I wanted you to oh make a pie word. that had leaf in it. Oh, my no. gosh. No. You need to go to confession. <laughs> Maybe we'll make you one with a leaf <laughs> On accident. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I mean, we're getting close to a break. Maybe I'll bring this up later. But so, um, uh, so what's the, what's the, John? I want to ask you, what's the thing that you most look forward to for the rebar, the rebar fest? Rubabara. Oh, that's right. Is that like a big like? A, is that like your your, your uh, mascot? It's a ma- our mascot. Yes, um, Rubabara has been um, reigning supreme over uh, Rubab Festival. She is a delight, and she is the star attraction really? uh, of the festival. The no. kids um, of all ages love her. Is it always the same person? That's Rubabara. No. You're it's just rhubarb. Just rhubarb. I might be interested. That's right. <laughs> I, 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 that would be right up my alley. I would say. He retracts the and, question. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. we're, we're talking. We're talking to uh, John Cole and Monica Hendrickson in regards to the upcoming rhubarb festival in Duluth, Minnesota. We'll continue this conversation immediately after this brief break. Okay. 
Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Di Filippis of St. Luke Productions. What the Magi Learned Going into the house, the Magi saw the child. Outwardly, their journey was now over. But at this point, a new journey began for them, which changed their whole lives. Deep within themselves, they felt prompted to go in search of the true justice that can only come from God, and they wanted to serve this king, to fall prostrate at his feet, and to play their part in the renewal of the world. This was where their inner journey began. It started at the very moment when they knelt down before this child and recognized him as the promised king. But they still had to assimilate these joyful gestures internally. They had to change their ideas about power, about God and about man, and in so doing, they also had to change themselves. They had to learn to give themselves. No lesser gift would be sufficient for this king. But they had to learn that their lives must be conformed to this divine way of exercising power, to God's own way of being. They must become men of truth, of justice, of goodness, of forgiveness, of mercy. They will have to ask, how can I serve God's presence in the world? They must learn to lose their life and in this way to find it. Having left Jerusalem behind, they must not deviate from the path marked out by the true King as they follow Jesus. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. You are indeed listening to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kunz along with Cindy Jennings coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth. And we are talking about the Great Rhubarb Festival in Duluth. And Cindy's got a pressing question. I do. It's such an amazing event. And I'm sure everybody's dying to know where the proceeds go. Uh, the proceeds go to Chaman. It's uh, life-giving work it does in, in the region. I mean, every year we touch over 8,000 lives, either through the food shelf that distributes food across the region or through the shelters that we operate that provides um, housing um, um, and temporary stays for persons who are elderly, families experiencing homelessness, and um, for single adults. And we touch all these lives, um, we surround them with love, we care for them, meet them in their time of greatest need, and help them to, to get on their way. And so the Rubeb Festival is a very vital part of that support mechanism um, for, for CHUM. What did you guys raise last year, and what's your goal this year? Well, we're hoping over 100000 this mm-hmm. year. Okay. Um, and, you know, and it's hard to say until the day of, because weather very weather-dependent event. Mm -hmm. Um, But last year, I think we were around 60 or 70. But again, Mm -hmm. it was our first full year back from COVID. Mm -hmm. So we just 
we just didn't have the baking crews to do what we needed okay. to do. But this year, we're actually doing all the food ourselves. So walking tacos, hamburgers, hot dogs, the rhubarb brats. Um, Juice, salsa. So people can go down cream. there for lunch as well. It's lunch. not just buying It's a whole pies. day affair from yeah. the night. It can even start at breakfast. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So when, when is this again? So it's June 24th. It's a Saturday from 9 to 3 um, at Stella Mars Academy Holy Rosary Campus. All outdoors, um, activities for kids, um, lots of fun things planned. We have a children's museum that's going to come. Um, the Stella Maris group is going to do a couple older um, games and things for older kids. We have a fun run that happens oh, at 10 o'clock nice. for three different categories of kids. All of that information will be on the website here. What is the website? It is chumdaluth.org. And you just go to the Rhubarb Festival. You'll see a pie, giant mm-hmm. pie. Giant <laughs> as you pie. land on the page. <laughs> Father, you want to go race those kids, don't you? Can, no, can I want to be, I want to be, I want to be, what's her name again? Could, Rhubarbara. 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 Uh-huh. Yes. That's what I want to be. Yes. <laughs> At least just for an all hour, right. that's all. Yes. Okay, so, well, we can make in. that happen. <laughs> so, John, um, I, you know you're relatively new to Duluth, but as a lifelong Duluthian, I know that homelessness in Duluth has gotten much more mm-hmm. present than what it used to be. And so um, maybe speak a little bit to that and why, you know, when we see this rise in homelessness in a city like Duluth, Minnesota, which is an average-sized city, uh, how important something like this is to help address that issue and how important CHUM is to address that issue. Yeah, homelessness has risen steadily over the last um, decade and um, CHUM operates the largest shelter um, in, in, in this region and uh, we are overcrowded, and so um, fund, funded raising events like this help us to be able not only to serve the persons, but to um, help us to prepare now for the next step. Um, we want to be able to have persons in our shelter not stay um, waiting on a housing list for two years. We want them to move yeah. on and, and to be, have regular lives. And so CHAM is providing leadership in the community to create a Stepping On Up program, which is going to move folks um, from being unsheltered. Uh, we have over, over 600 persons in the community now who can't even get into shelter, and they're experiencing homelessness. So we provide safe spaces for them outside, and then gradually to move them to our next shelter next facilities, which we hope to, to develop um, within the next year. And then thereafter, once they've addressed um, one of the two main issues that's driving homelessness now would be chemical addiction mm-hmm. or mental illness. And so we want to put something in place in the second phase to help folks to stabilize and to manage um, their condition and then move them into the third phase, which would be comprised of, of tiny homes um, yeah. that are efficient. Um, they can subs- um, withstand the, 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 the climate and weather that, that Duluth authors and uh, low cost. And so we want to be able to move people through that process and then build in vocational development skills f- yeah. uh, for them. And so that whole process, Chum is providing leadership for that. We are partnering with uh, around t- over 10 agencies along with the city and the county to do that. And so that is a new hope that um, exists um, for Duluth and and that is why Rhubarb Festival is so important um, to help fund initiatives such as these so that we can ultimately um, be there for the least of these and to Mm -hmm. be able to to walk with them, support them, get them to points of stability so they can have full and meaningful lives. So this this tiny home thing, that's the thing that kind of piques my interest. That's, I mean, 
you think that that's a logical way to go for people that would be in need and is that kind of is that are we kind of like revolutionary in Duluth by trying to promote the tiny homes or is this kind of happening in other communities that you've seen it is happening in other communities but but not so much here in Duluth um, and and so what we need is uh, a home with a small footprint um, which is um, affordable um, and doesn't have the, the high construction costs um, that uh, regular homes would have and so we have been able to source um, the, the models um, that could be available to do that and um, because of the topography of Duluth then it's about finding the right. correct areas and, and to be able to develop such as these. Right. And is so that temporary? I mean is it temporary no. for the tiny home and you no, keep moving people up as they learn how to get the, the, the tiny homes will, all, will be permanent, but okay. the folks will move through them. That's what I mean. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That they move through. So okay. it will be a temporary phase. Um, I think once they have you know, um, been able to, to learn how to manage a household and live and they have a source of income, then they can move into the regular market rate housing. Um, and who knows? Maybe we may get to the point where we can have a rent to own you know, mm -hmm. um, scheme built into it. The communities that you have seen this in, has this been a successful thing? Do, the, do you have numbers to look off to see how this, if somebody's already done it, how people progressed and how people are doing <laughs> by going through that process? Um, I think we have benefited from being able to, to look at various communities and to kind of draw the best from it. So this whole process that I've just described has not been done in, in its entirety, in its comprehensive okay. uh, role in, in, in any community. So we kind of pioneer in this, okay. uh, but we have seen um, that what's important is that folks are supported at every step of the way. You have to meet folks where they're at and to help them through um, pre-contemplation to contemplation and, 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 and get them to action and to actually try to resolve the issues. But they need support. Other places have place folks um, you know, housing first and you put them in a house but then they, they, they don't know what to do when they're in there um, and so to be able to move from a crisis mode of existence to, to live in and thrive in uh, is going to need support and uh, lots of staff along the way to be with them. M Monica, we know that John is um, uh, the executive director of CHUM. What's your role in regards to the Rhubarb Fest in particular? Um, I help with the organizing, um, marketing, just trying to get the community to come together. So trying to tie some of those organizations that are that are used to kind of helping that mission work come together a little bit. And so some, if somebody wants to volunteer, first mm. off, how would you make a plug to get volunteers? And She's very good and, at this. And, 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 then how, <laughs> and then how would somebody reach out to be able to, that to do that? <laughs> Yes, we still need a lot of volunteers. Um, we get a lot of people asking if they can help bake, and the bigger churches do need help baking. Um, they can go to chumduluth.org, and they can look at all the volunteer positions that are available. And we have a lot of positions that are available even, you know, two weeks before the event. Um, and then we have positions after the event as well to get things cleaned up. But you know, we have half-day positions on Saturday, the 24th, um, either in the morning or the afternoon. Um, we always need live bodies. There's, there's, um, we have 400 positions that will wow. be filled. Mm -hmm. Do you know um, how not, many are filled right now? Not including the bakers. 
<laughs> wow. So please wow. volunteer uh, because yes. it is, is such a great mission. Um, I've watched the work that Chum has done and, and know a lot of the people who are leading that organization, um, both in terms of paid staff and volunteers, and it's it's incredible to see what they've done. Over how, the last how long have you years. been working with the Rhubarb almost, Festival? Almost 10 years. Oh, wow. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. So was it steadily growing until COVID hit? Yes, it, 2019 was our best year, and then COVID hit. Um, but now we're we're really revamping it. We're trying to get younger families involved and involved in kind of that planning and and what does mm-hmm. it evolve into? Because again, uh, this was started by people you know 15 years ago and probably you know 22 or so years before that because the planning cycle of it. And so we really want it to continue to grow. I think it's, what is it, every dollar spent at the Rhubarb Festival helps three people Mm -hmm. at Chum. So it's, um, you know, they're able to do a lot with the donations that they get. And, you know, we're, we're celebrating 50 years. So this is our first, it's kind of the kickoff month. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're going to be fundraising heavily all year for the Stepping On Up program and other programs. So if somebody's listening in, you know, I mean, they are planning their summer vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they live a long ways away from here. Mm-hmm. How would you make your plug to come to Duluth on the weekend of the 24th of June? It is absolutely the perfect weekend to come because there's three events that happen. It's the Rhubarb Festival, it's the Park Point Art Fair, and it's the Taste of Greece. Those are three festivals. We, we try to work together with them and, and promote each other because the more people that are here for Rhubarb Festival, the better it is for Park Point Art Fair and vice versa. So there's a lot going on in Duluth that weekend. All, all of them are free to attend. Um, you know, so it's a great weekend to be in Duluth yeah. and have fun with kids. There's a lot for the kids to do at these festivals. Yeah. I mean, Duluth, for those that have not been here, Duluth is a beautiful city. Summer is the only time to really come here. And and so it's like, you know, I mean, this is, this is a summer. to differ. So this is a, a plug. Duluth is beautiful. And if it's there's gorgeous. three big events right mm-hmm. now uh, for that weekend, uh, maybe plan ahead. So, John, do you have any, uh, about a minute, a little over a minute left, any last words as your first time on the radio? Ah, with us. Well, it's been a joy to be here and, and to, to be able to share this information um, with your listeners. Um, Rhubarb Festival is a, a big deal, uh, not only for Chum, but for those persons whom we serve. And uh, we look forward to be able to continue to provide this service um, to, to folks who are in need because um, God forbid that uh, we could end up in that position exactly. where we are going to need uh, a plate of food or uh, somewhere to lay our head. And we'd like to know that wherever we end up and if we happen to end up in that situation, that there is someone, uh, some entity there who is ready to help and to be there. And we just want to be that angel. And what's that, that, and what's that website again that they can learn about the Rhubarb Festival? Chumdaloof.org. Okay. And that's where all things Rhubarb, anything pertaining to the festival, mm-hmm. is, is located right there. You land on it, you'll see the giant pie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, what's your guys' favorite, the pie part? Or what's your favorite food there? Um, my favorite food, it, it's definitely the, the crisp and the then crisp. you put cinnamon ice cream on the oh, yes. Christmas. Yes. So is that your favorite so, too, John? So I love the crisps, but I all, I, I had a boxes. I walked away with boxes <laughs> of pies and crisps and jams no, last we're, year. We're going to sell out this, this year. So anyway, we're, uh, thank you very much, John and, and Monica, and uh, best of luck to the Rhubarb Festival. Thank you. God bless you guys. And, and we'll be you. back after this brief break with a very different subject. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live 
where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 